Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. We're going to run this as if it were a continuation deck rather than starting a show fresh from scratch. Colin, I am so, so sorry about what happened there. Um, That's all right. No clue as to what the heck's going on with Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, I was just chatting along and all of a sudden the British recording lady popped on and said, thanks for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. <laughs> like, what did I do? That's really bizarre. So here's what I'm going to suggest, Jack. Normally, we do a 10-minute segment at the end of the show that spotlights either a faculty member at DU or a student at DU. Why don't we skip that segment today, Jack? We'll reuse that segment on next week's show so we get more of Colin. Yeah. If Colin yeah, wants more to be gotten. <laughs> so we'll just keep you on until we run out and it cancels us again, which it says will be 43 minutes, Colin. Beautiful. That works for me. Where were we? So where were we? <laughs> How long did you talk before the British lady cut you off? That's 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 embarrassing. Uh, what, She's what, not what, our person, what, by the way. What's the last thing you heard? <laughs> I think we were talking about exercising that copywriting muscle and and having to, uh, you know, actually do it and and stop being a beginner. You know, start being somebody who's actually out there fumbling around and. And doing stuff. I think that's close yeah, to where we were. Pretty much. That's that's about all there is to it. Is uh All right, well thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> I'm glad we got that. <laughs> no, it's it's uh it is a physical skill. I think that's something that people underestimate because a lot of people say, Oh, I would like to write but it really is like I'm not saying it's like digging ditches for a living, but it is manual labor. You have to be able to write and it does take time. So, like, you can't just have there's an a, idea. A manual, I was just going to yeah, say, is the manual laborness of it the reason that you are now a retired copywriter? Uh, that's part of it. What it is is I retired initially when we were going to have our first uh, child, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to be on tense launch deadlines uh, and also have the stress at home as well as at work, just having a newborn and not sleeping well because uh, – my own creativity is a, a fickle mistress, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to be behind the eight ball and then not be able to produce because I didn't get enough sleep or I was stressed out from you know crying baby or, or whatever the case was. I had never had a kid before, so I didn't know what I was in store for. But it turned out to be a good measure. And then within that same year, I really started focusing on growing the cult, and it grew to the point where with just the trainings I was offering, uh, it wasn't quite up to what I was earning as a copywriter, but it was close. And now it's up to what I was earning as a copywriter uh, just from running the group. So I sort of never went back to taking the client work. uh, And I'm not really sure I would go back to it necessarily. Um, But I do still keep it sharp because I talk about it every day and I write copy for my own projects. So tell me a little bit more about your business makeup. Then I, I, the question is, how can a retired copywriter still be in the copywriting business, making money as a copywriter? 
in a sense, not really doing copy, but everything that you do is around copywriting, right? So give us a little idea about the makeup of your business and how this big giant group on Facebook affects that and if there's any other places that you also uh, have any focus or if it's mainly just this group on Facebook as the external part of your marketing plan. Yeah, I mainly focus uh, on the group, and the way the group works is that it's free, but you have to request to join, and I, I personally approve everyone. I'm the only admin of the group, only active admin. I have a backup. I don't want to tell anybody they can be the sole admin because you never know. Maybe your Facebook account gets canceled for some uh, joke that you made that someone doesn't like very much, and then you won't be able to get back in your group. So always have a backup admin, but I'm the only active one. I approve all the members. And right at the top of the group is a pinned post where I put the trainings in the group because the group was always focused around, like I said, um, people actively writing copy. So when I first retired, what I said was, hey, guys, do you want access to templates that I've made to make my job as a copywriter easier? Let's do a live training. You pay. You come sit on the webinar. I'll tell you how to do it. I'll explain it all, and you get all the goodies after the call, and then I continue to sell the recordings of those trainings afterwards. And I'm up to, I think, seven of them now that I've done. I have like a sales letter one, an email sequence one. Basically, the things that people would hire me to write, if I was hired to write it more than once, I would make a template so that I wouldn't have to start from scratch. And those are the templates that I teach people. So that started out being the product side of the business, and then um, I was still doing consulting, like I said, uh, reviewing copy uh, for different launches and things, and when uh, the group got to a certain point, and uh, I had a certain number of clients that were using reviews over and over again for every project they did, instead of offering them one-off, I switched to retainer. So you just pay me uh, a certain amount and you retain my services for six months or a year, and you get X number of reviews per month and X number of phone hours per month as part of that. And uh, that way it's just a package deal, and I get to work with the same people over and over. Because uh, one of the things I think I'm really good at is building a personal brand. So if I work with the same client over and over, it, it really makes better use of my talent than just doing a one-off sales letter now and again. For different people, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Let's see. A lot more enjoyable, oh, and then, really. And, and, it sounds more yeah. smooth. <laughs> and then uh, just this year, I did a paid group that's like a spinoff, and that group is for people who want to start their own cults about whatever subject they're passionate about and follow the model that I used to build the cult of copy and basically retire from doing service and focus mostly on... Uh, running the group. So that's been very successful that's this amazing. year. Because we're here to pick your brain. I think we didn't know really what we were going to exactly pick your brain about. But one of the things that I wanted to, you know, I started to see here very, very quickly is your group reminded me of a lot of people have questions about this stuff. Like we watched people try to create something. and It goes all the way back to old forum days. It's like, can somebody come in and help me make my forum interesting? Remember that? Like, right. Would affect, I just started a new forum, and, uh, and, and nothing's happening. Can you guys come in and seed it with content, with, with questions and stuff? And then right. a little while later, most of those people would come back and go, it's still not working. I don't understand. I mean, 
And then they see people like you, and in the old days, you would have a forum instead of a group on Facebook, and you're killing it. Right. And there's lots and lots of activity. You kind of alluded to it already. You've got to have enough really interesting, engaged, and active people in whatever the group is formulated around. And then I would be like, well, okay, we've got to keep picking his brain about this, but you have a whole product just to show people how to do this. That is freaking amazing. Yeah. It's kind of law of attraction. Yeah, thing. specifically, the, the big tip that I can give you um, on why a lot of these groups fail, a lot of marketers will try and start a group maybe as the back end of a product that they sold, and they just put their customers mm-hmm. in there. The problem is the best customers aren't going to be active in there because they're going to take your product and go do what it told them to do. So they don't have time to be on Facebook messing around. What you get out of a free group is you go on Facebook to any other group or page that's related to what it is that your group is about, and you find the people who seem to be on Facebook all day posting. And you invite those people to come and be part of your group so that there's something to talk about. You basically recruit the chatterboxes to come and make your group active. And then once there's something there to read every day, that's the beauty of Facebook is that people want anything on Facebook to look at to keep them from closing Facebook and going and do other things, right? Like once you're in there, you're like, oh, there's a little red number. I'm going to click and check that out. And groups Mm -hmm. do that. Groups will send notifications when new things are posted. So once you get a lot of people who are constantly commenting and posting and doing those things, then you start posting your expert content, right, as the group leader and get people behind it. And from there, you get your customers. But if you just take your customers of a product and dump them into a group and expect them to create a community among themselves, it's not really going to happen. Yeah. Is there anything you would recommend that we need to pay attention to in terms of incentivizing for the chatterboxes and giving them a nice home? Because even chatterboxes are busy people, right? They're already they already belong to groups. They already have their thing oh, yeah, to well, do every day. Absolutely. So what you do is they're posting on Facebook already, presumably for attention, right? Like they want they want people to like their stuff and think they're cool and comment and interact. So you go find whatever groups that they're in, and the way you engage them, the way you invite them in is say, hey, I really like this post. Can I repost it to my group? Or even better, if you want to join the group and repost it yourself, that way you get all the comments of people because I know the audience is really going to like it. Then when they come in and post, I would post like a really well thought out, really, really detailed comment to essentially give them a treat, pat them on the head, say, hey, good job. And then when I do that, because my audience is fans of my stuff, when they see I commented, everybody kind of wants to jump in and give a Me Too comment. You know, like just just yeah, yeah. commenting on it, it elevates the profile of whatever that post is because I, it's my group. So everyone jumps in and comments, and then that person, it's like uh, behavioral conditioning, right? They got a treat for posting in my group, so the next time they have something they want to post, they're more likely to want to come and post it in my group instead of wherever else they posted it because they loved all the feedback they got the first time. That is awesome. I love the social sciences. I mean, that's crowd control <laughs> mastery right there. Yeah, people want to probably rewind that a little bit, and if you didn't get that, that's a really <laughs> nice piece of secret sauce. So cool. I mean, and, that, and you have a product around this, right? Like people could learn more from 
What what kinds of things do you yeah, talk about? Is, is, uh, and, and wait, wait, wait. Before you ask that, I've got a follow-up question on that. Does that sure. work if the audience is not marketers? Sure, it works in you know, like any subject that's <clears> the kind of thing where people would post on social media about it, like just on their own, just to talk about it, will work. Because then you oh, can find chatterboxes. Awesome. And if you get enough chatterboxes in your group, that's what makes it user-generated. That's what makes it so like you're sort of just along for the ride instead of the guiding force trying to drive it and keep it active. If you get, get enough right, people right, right. who like that topic on their own, they'll talk among themselves all day. And that's what, why I think a group, one way I think a group is better than a list, if you don't keep emailing a list, a list gets cold. You never have to keep a group warm. They keep themselves warm constantly. So anytime I have an offer, I don't have to warm up the group. I just drop into the group and make the offer, and they're all already hot about copy because they sit there and talk about it all day whether I'm there or not. Yeah, totally awesome. Okay, Jack, go ahead. I think, you know, the reason it should work on paper, and I seem to believe that it works in the real world this way, regardless of what the group is, so whether they're marketers or not, is because it's basic human behavior and ego. and that can be played off of doesn't matter what the topic is. You know, what you what you just laid out there was how to take care of somebody that you really want around in your group that is going to help elevate that group. And period. That I don't think I mean that could be in a dog training group. That could be in a, a self help group or any kind of group I would think. Yeah, and if the behavior. group is built if the group is built around fans of what you do personally, like you're a, a, a noticeable leader of the group and you get good content. When new people come into the group and you give them these really deep, insightful comments like that, it's like it's almost like you're anointing them. You know, you're saying this is a yeah. person worth paying attention to because I paid attention to them. And then the next time that person posts, you don't always have to be there to notice and make the comment yourself. The audience remembers them, and it's sort of like you get to highlight who the cool people are adding cool content to your group. And what happened for me is the group got so popular so fast just by nature of the way Facebook works. It's not as good as a forum because it doesn't do a good job of archiving old threads. They just sort of fall off the page and the search is not very good. So mm -hmm. what I started doing was cataloging all of the good threads and then now I sell a paid monthly newsletter that is an original article from me, but also a handful of links to old conversations that people would have missed. And then what happens is someone will go back into that old conversation and click like or leave a comment, and then it bounces back up to the top. So it's a constantly oh. churning source of uh, copy info. So for the addicts, the people who can't get enough copywriting information, it's great because you literally can't read it all, and you never will be able to. But what Facebook did is, like, I could have looked at that as a flaw and said, well, this is not as good as a forum. Instead, I turned it into a feature. So now I sell a curated list of links, and the only reason I need to curate it is because I made the mess in the first place. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's awesome. So there's an example to be had here, too, in the fact that you've, you've, you're aware of probably 30,000 or 30 but multiple things that you can do to drive traffic and to have attention and, and to get the attention that your business needs. And you are really, really laser focused on on 
uh, a smaller set, if there's even a set of ways of getting traffic to and attention for your business. And the level that you're talking about, the level of depth where you go back and curate stuff and that you have conversations going on in this group that are important enough that they could go in a newsletter. They're not dry, you know, just nothing, uh, that you actually have that kind of content going into it because of the way you're curating and, and taking care of and loving this group. And then there's a bunch yeah. of other people out there who are, are doing millions of different things. They're like, well, I was on Twitter just a minute ago, and then I'm going to run over to LinkedIn, and then i got to do all this stuff and all this stuff and all this stuff. And you speak to the – because you know those people. You consulted with them, and that's probably the more common – that's definitely, in my experience, the more common thing is the people are spread really, really thin and deep in nothing. Can you speak to what you've, what you've gained or the importance of – you know, doing a few things and doing them really well and going deep with them instead of wide. Yeah, I think of Dan Kennedy that says, uh, go an inch wide and a mile deep. And that's basically what I wanted to do is like shift my business from being a copy service provider to being someone who talks about copy and then making the same amount. So in order to do that, everyone in my industry was like, oh, nobody buys copywriting products because writing is intimidating. And I said, well, some people buy copywriting products. It's just not a lot of people. But what if I found all of those people and put them all in the same place? It's got to be a sizable audience if I'm not just trying to get the few people interested in copywriting that might be in any given marketer's list, right? So instead of taking the typical approach of, you know, I'm going to make a product about copywriting, I'm going to have a bunch of affiliates mail for it, and I'll get a list that way. I knew that wouldn't work very well because the affiliates wouldn't want to mail it because they don't sell a lot of copywriting products. So instead, I used Facebook, and Facebook's really good at organizing people by interest. So that helped me build the exclusive audience that I wanted for the kind of things that I wanted to talk about, and I built a group. My focus for the group, the way I decide what I'm going to do with it is, will I, as a copywriting addict, show up and read this group every day. So any decision I make about whether I'm going to delete this post or I'm going to allow this kind of post to exist or I'm going to encourage people to have these kinds of conversations, it's all about what my gut tells me I would be interested in as a fan. And the idea is other people who are also fans will like it too. Yeah. Wow. So... That's that's very instructive. It's it's a lot of people I think feel like they're out there getting a lot of things thrown at them. They've got to try everything that comes across, you know, because they don't know what's going to work. And then the thing is, it's a self fulfilling prophecy because they never give any one thing the attention it deserves for it to take off and prove itself out. So a lot of people walk away from it going, Facebook groups suck, or Google Plus communities suck, or social media sucks, you know, because they just, that's only part of what they're trying to do for their business. And they usually walk away, I feel, you know, 10 or 15 minutes before they would have really broken through or a day or a week before they would have really broken through. They just didn't have the patience to see it through and stick to it. So you're a great glowing example of sticking to it and finding something. And it's true. I mean, I'm, I'm the biggest Google plus geek on the planet. I'm a huge fanboy. But I understand what everybody says about it at the same time. And I'm totally getting this particular thing, that there's things that you can do in Facebook groups that you absolutely cannot, and it's not even remotely close to being able to do it on Google+. And it's that 
that thing that most people, you know, the privacy advocates really complain about, but us marketers love to death, and that is what you said. They they group people by interest, and they really do. They have a lot of tools that can reach out and tap people on the shoulder that include you posting to your group, and then everybody who belongs to that group gets pulled back in or has the potential to do so, to come back in. And that's a Facebook tool that's kind of free, and you get to do that all the time because Facebook wants you to engage, and they know that if you are in that group and You'll stay on Facebook longer if they can get you to go over to the group and see what Colin just wrote or somebody else in that yeah, group Facebook, that wrote. Facebook promotes my group for me a lot. Like if you join a group that's related to marketing, a lot of times my group will get shown as people who like this group have also joined this group. Facebook, a lot of people, it didn't happen that way at first, but a lot more people as the group grew and grew beyond like say 5,000 members started to show up and have no idea who I was which was odd because the only way I advertised it was directly. The only way I promoted the cult of copy was if you saw me on stage in person or on a video or on a webinar or whatever it was. Um, but once it got past a certain point, like you said, Facebook wants people to not ever leave Facebook. So when they see a group with 12,000 members that's active, they want people to get in that group because that's one more reason for them not to leave Facebook. So that's, How long that's sort of piggyback. Um, I started it September of 2012, so two years old this year. Cool. Did it get, did it ramp up quick or slow? It ramped up very very quickly. It's um, it ramped up. Uh, it, it's exponential. So it went like the faster it grew, the faster it continued to grow. So now I would say every couple of days I have to go through like a hundred new requests to join the group, and uh, I gotta sort through them all and make sure they're not spammers. That's another thing. When you hit a certain point, you start getting spammers, and that's a problem yeah. for a lot of groups. But I train the people in the group to make fun of spammers. So now it's almost like a game. It's like a team building activity. When someone shows up and spams the group, everyone jumps in and makes fun of them. Nice. So that that's just so, another I mean, bit of advice. Gonna... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just I was thinking we're almost that... to the point where you could you could directly affect. I mean, you could say that there's probably 11,487 real serious copywriters in the world, give or take 500 or so. But if you went mm -hmm. like gangbusters and it got up to this level uh, pretty early on, and it's only gotten talked about more later now as it's gotten bigger than it was ever in the beginning when it actually grew to the size that it did, then, you know, when you were talking earlier about, yeah, not a lot of people buy copywriting products, but it, it's almost feasible for you to say that I got most of those people in the world who are targeted for copywriting products in my group now. On the planet, yeah, that, that, right? and then, that was the idea. Good. I wanted to connect that dot in case anybody missed it because I almost did. <laughs> Well, one one thing I wanted to touch on before we move on that you brought up was about um, people not sticking with what they're trying long enough. And there's this thing that I teach called the bellwether effect. Do you know what a bellwether is? Like yeah. the actual farm term. Okay, a bellwether, when you have a herd of sheep, a weather is the castrated male sheep that's like the boss of the, the sheep herd. But the trick with sheep is they don't actually follow a leader they follow the sheep that moves first because they're, they don't, you know, they're, they're bored. One sheep moves, they're like, oh, that sheep moves, I'm going to follow that sheep. And then it ripples through the herd like, like, 
you know, dominoes, basically. But the trick is that Sheep's not in front. He's in the middle. He's just the one that gets bored first. So if you're the shepherd, you put a bell on that sheep's neck and listen for where it's going to move because that's where the herd's going to move next. I keep saying herd. I mean flock. They're sheep. Um, so <laughs> when you do that, the, the trick is, he's like, like I said before, he's not being a leader out in front. He's being a leader from the middle. In fact, he doesn't even know he's the leader. And the other sheep don't think he's the leader. They're just following him because he moved first. So... Even if you're a beginner and you're just trying something out, don't let that fear of failure make it so that you're trying these things out in secret. Because if you do them out in public, and like I said, build a group of peers who want to try these things, whether they fail or not, and share those results, you're doing that bellwether effect. You're leading from the middle, and people will start following you. And something is going to click eventually. But the trick is, if you do it that way in front of an audience, you're building an audience the whole time. So even if you're failing, you're creating content that's valuable to them because they're like, oh, well, I won't try that thing because this, this guy says it didn't work because of this, that, and the other thing. So then eventually by the time whatever it is that you try that sticks, you have an audience that loves you and they know it really works because they watched you do it in front of them. Does that make sense? That is one of the most brilliant pieces of advice I have ever ever heard, Colin. <laughs> uh, thank we you. We should have charged for this episode. <laughs> Everybody needs to go back to the beginning of this episode and put in a quarter because this one should have been charged. <laughs> that that was really awesome, man. And no, and I have no to admit, wonder, I didn't John. I didn't know what a bellwether was. I've only used it in current vernacular like a million times. I've used bellwether, but I didn't know the origin of it until just now. And it's like, right. oh my God, how well, can the- you use something all your life and then somebody comes on a radio show and tells you what the real meaning of bellwether is. That's well, the, well, the, the, the modern meaning it, of the one term. Of the things, the, sorry, I was going to say the modern meaning. The modern meaning of the term comes from the farm meaning because a bellwether normally refers to a person where whatever they do right. is going to become the trend. Right. Wow. <laughs> one of the things that we've been noticing a lot at the Directions University. A lot of times when we have technology issues, our calls are acting wonky, the webinar system doesn't work, it seems like it always happens when that really brilliant thing is about to be discussed. Right, Jack? (laughs) Yeah, the million-dollar idea, and the sound goes out. It's no wonder why we had the issues at the beginning of this show. I should have just predicted right when I started seeing that happen that this was going to happen on the show, Jack. I'll tell you, uh, I must just have a bad touch today because earlier today uh, at 10, I had a, a a hangout that I was supposed to do, and it crashed three times, and we just decided to reschedule it. So when this call hung up on me, I'm like, ooh, I better put away all my electronics today. I got, I got static yeah, in me or turn something. Turn them completely off and take out the batteries because something's, yeah. The next thing you're going to do is become a human EMP bomb or something. Yeah, I better just get Thanks back and shut down our show today, Colin. <laughs> well, and what I really love about that brilliant piece of advice that you just gave us is the idea that you don't have to go out and work so hard to cause traffic to happen. Going out and being that leader from the middle 
really brings the masses to follow right behind. And you couldn't stop it if you wanted to at that point. And it doesn't take a lot of effort. Exactly. Well, you just got memed because somebody's listening to the show right now and is creating a little meme right out of that. You'll watch <laughs> for it on your social media channel near you. All so, right. Yeah, so I, that's really cool. So you help people with this. I mean, this isn't your first rodeo. You, you, I guess people have asked you uh, over the last couple of years, how do you do groups and you, and and use them? And that must have given you the idea. Uh, maybe I ought to help people with this in mass instead of one at a time. So is that how this product came about? What's it called, and how can we find it? Um, it's like I said, this year was the first pilot program, and the way I create all of my products is I make people pay me for them if they're interested, and then I show up and do live webinars. So this is content that didn't create. <laughs> so this is content yep. that didn't create until like I invited the first batch of cult members to come in and, and watch me do it. So over the course of the past year, as this charter program. Uh, I would let a few people in at the beginning of the year and in the middle of the year to sort of just be in there paying me to show up every week and create this content. So next year, my plan is to take that and turn it into like a home study course, and then the group will just be an add-on. Um, but for this year, it was sort of like closed to cult members only just so I could, you know, basically control the, the production of the content with like one webinar each month to kind of get people going. And, and like I said, I don't know what people don't know. So I wanted an audience to interact with as I was creating the material. So they basically helped me, paid me to create what will be a membership-based course in the coming year. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to call it yet, probably something to do with be, how to become a cult leader or something like that. Um, but that will be right. available early next year. First, you'll have to have Dave Akani come on. Um, couple times. Sure, sure. See, Dave McConney is still joining cults. That's funny. I'm going to get that to him. Nobody gets that, but I do. <laughs> that is um. funny, Jay. You, know, you are the epitome of what we teach our students. We call it plan it, sell it, co-create it. So you plan what you're going to do. You go out, you sell it, you get people to pay you for it. Then you get them to join you to co-create it rather than creating it in a vacuum on your own, then going out after spending hours and hours and hours of hard work trying to sell it and finding that nobody really wanted it in the first place. It's exactly yeah. what we teach our people to do to create their own stuff. And Jack well, and I just got off of a 14-month content series where we were doing exactly the same thing. We created so much content the last 14 months and the next two years, we're then going to go out and repurpose that content, turn it into all the different things that we want to do in the long run. That's the way to do it. And I'll say uh, earlier in the show, Jack was talking about how a lot of beginners get caught up in the technical details. And for me, being that I, I came from a copywriting background, my problem wasn't that I didn't know what would sell but that I like to fiddle with things. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist, so it's not that I would fiddle with it because it wasn't good enough. It's just like, oh, you know what would be cool? I have another cool idea. Let me add that in. You know what else would be cool? Here's another cool thing. I, I fiddle with things constantly. So really in my business, when I try to create these templates, I try to shave them down and make them as minimal as possible 
so I don't give myself time to come up with ideas that will slow it down and stop me from actually executing. So the goal that I always have in everything I do is what is the minimum requirement for functionality? So for me, I need a PayPal button so they can buy it. I need to collect their email address so I can email them the download link or the webinar registration, and that's it. So when I create something new that I want to sell, I'm writing a Facebook post, I'm making a Facebook button, and I'm connecting that button to my AWeber account, and that's it. Later on, if I want to make a big fancy sales page and a video and you know a funnel and a back end and an upsell and all that, I can do all that later. But at a minimum, I want to get just the key components I need to actually get the offer out there. And what I found really quickly is that when that works well enough, you almost get too comfortable and lazy to bother with all the things that you were fretting over that you thought you needed to have before you could even get to There's another one. You're ruining some people today, man. They're going to be like, sorry, man, free, free radio shows are full of just awesome content. Can I assure everybody that they are not? They are not, you know, bastions of enlightenment or anything like that. But every once in a while, <laughs> and of course it always happens on Traffic Masters, but I'm talking about the rest of the radio shows. Every once in a while somebody will come on and drop some serious mega bombs, and you just did that today, man. I'm, I'm so glad we have you on the show. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. If you, uh, you by know, the way, for we're anyone we're running out of time. Kind of I don't know what... <laughs> yeah, so I would what, say for anyone who likes this kind of thing... Come in the group because this is the kind of thing we talk about all the time. Absolutely. Jack, Cult so of Copy know, on Facebook. Cult of Copy. Look that up and join the group. Just so you know, while we are at the top of the hour, the on-air button says we still have 11 minutes and 11 seconds left. So let's see if that's really right. Otherwise, we'll have dead airspace at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, I'll keep talking until the British lady hangs up on me again. Outstanding. <laughs> Keep going. All right. Well, um, do you know what kind of thing? I mean, I've just totally hogged him all day. Do you do you have some follow up questions that I didn't let you ask because I talked too much? Well, traffic masters is about traffic engagement and conversion. And just help me clarify this for our listeners more than anything, Colin. For you, traffic isn't traffic coming to a website, right? It's all traffic happening on the things you control within Facebook. Is that accurate? Yes, but I will say now that I've grown to this point, what my goal in 2015 will be is currently I have the domain cultofcopy.com, and it just redirects to the Facebook group. And I wanted that because it looks cooler on a slide when I give talks. But all I wanted to focus on was growing the group. And now that the group has hit a certain point, I'm going to take that domain and put uh, a new site, sort of. I, I don't want to call it a blog because I'm not going to post original content, but it's going to be all the cool articles about psychology or marketing that I find that I normally share on social media. I'll post to that site first with commentary, and then I'll share it to social, social media. And then I'm going to put a traditional... Uh, squeeze box on there to collect email addresses, and then that's going to be the sh the repository where my show lives. Because I do this year, I started a YouTube show where uh, I do live Google Hangouts weekly, sort of weekly. I <laughs> I give myself a wide leeway because it was like a soft launch, um, but we talk about these topics on video with a live audience, 
and the goal is to strip the audio out of that and turn it into an iTunes podcast also. And then the website, cultofcopy.com, will be like the place where all of that material lives and is like centrally located. So the group as it is now will be the Cult of Copy discussion group. But the Cult of Copy as a brand, as a, a content source, is just going to continue to grow and have more and more things added to it. Because like I said, I want the addict that can't get enough. And I'm already at the point where I they get mad that I don't make up enough things to sell them and talk to them about. So... I just want to keep growing it more and more so that if you love copy, there's no reason to go anywhere else because I'm talking about it all like a fire hose blasting you in the face. There's no way you can drink it all. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, and you become the trusted source. So everybody's got curators that they follow. And, you know, people follow uh, Robert Scoble mainly because it's the law, and when you get on the Internet, you have to follow Robert Scoble. But they, right. the people who follow him because they're interested follow him because they like what he curates. He could talk about any number of startups and new companies and new products and gadgets. He can talk about as, as many as he can talk about. But then there's the rest of the you know stuff that's out there, and we presume that he's filtered through everything, and he's looked at the ones that he really wants to highlight, and then we trust him as a filter on the world of gadgets and startups and everything else and cameras and everything you can name that he does. And mm-hmm. so he's our guy for that, or he's one of our guys for that. So people would be choosing you to be their guy or one of the guys that they follow, but you're going to make it really difficult for people to, you know, follow anybody else because everybody's going to be mentioned at your site because you're making it a news feed. You're making it a curated you know, and they trust the way that you curate things. They know you can't talk about everything that happened in copywriting today, but they don't want to know about everything that happened. A lot of crap happened today in copywriting. They just want to know what you think is the best thing that right. happened in copywriting today. And, and, and that's a, the, that's the a cult, brilliant strategy. The cult of copy name also applies to, like, the little twist of the content, which is that I always look for the devious or sneaky underhanded psychological tricks in anything. So, you know, the same kind of things that a cult leader would use, for example, hence the title. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that spin, I can literally look at anything. Like anything can be content, a TV show, a commercial, the radio, a magazine. Like anything anyone publishes online can be talked about from that point of view, even if it's not even marketing related. So... That's something I would encourage people to do is whatever topic it is that you are going to build your audience around with you as sort of like the, you know, I don't want to say expert, but you're the plugged in person that's curating it all, right? You're the, the, the you're Rome and all roads lead to you on this topic. Whatever that topic is, just come up with a little twist that's slightly different than what other people are doing, and that'll make you stand out. It'll make you be a flavor like Pepsi or Coke. There's people who prefer one or the other, but really they're both fizzy, cola-flavored, sugar, soda things, right? They're not all that different. In fact, in blind taste tests, people can't tell the difference, but each of them are branded differently and marketed differently to different groups of people. So just come up with your little twist, what your twist is going to be. Don't agonize over it. You don't have to make it up beginning. Like, it can come to you later like i had the idea for the name cult of copy two years before i even used it for anything so just sort of get started do what you're going to do build your audience and then come up with your own little twist that gives your unique voice to what it is you're going to talk about and that'll help your brand build yeah do you know the name ken krell 
<clears throat> I'm sorry, Ken who? Ken Krell, K-R-E-L-L, the founder of the Institute for Totalpreneurship and one of our faculty members. I don't think so, but I'm terrible with names, so it's possible I've seen the name before and just don't remember it. One of his products is a WordPress plugin called SiteWrap that is actually something that I had him create. It would really be great for what you're doing. Here's what it does. It's a plugin that allows you to create a page on your website by wrapping or iframing any other page. And you do it in a way that, A, has your masthead, your image at the top of it that has a clickable link that can take them back to anything else you want, whether that's another article, whether that's a sales page. You can string an unlimited number of them together. But here's why I suggest that that would be really helpful for you. When you're sending people out to read articles from the commentary that you're creating on your site, how great would it be to drop a retargeting cookie on the person who goes to read that article? would tell you a lot about who they are. From an advertising perspective, you could really target your ads differently based on what link they clicked on. Yeah, that's, that's the main reason. With the retargeting pixel, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted the site as a buffer because I share a lot mm-hmm. of links of interesting articles I find, but by putting this buffer in there between the real article and me, I get to put a retargeting pixel and all the people that I, I'm able to redirect from Facebook. Well, if so. you use SiteRap, you can just go out to social and share that link, but it's a wrapped link, right? It's a page mm-hmm. on your site that's dropping that retargeting cookie from the click from Facebook. And in the banner at the top, instead of doing what most people do, they put a button that says return to site or return to in the name of the site. You mm-hmm. can instead say click here for commentary and then take them back to your site for the commentary on it. Nice. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm definitely going to check that out. <laughs> AskGGG.com forward slash site wrap. S-I-T-E-W-R-A-P, site wrap. Ask ASK cool. and then three Gs. I'll get you a wrap my phone. <laughs> that better be wrap, Gina. That is not wrap, Jack. It should be. Well, what we should have done is prepared a very, very unique link at the beginning of the show that would just follow Colin around with our retargeting just to say hi to him every time he goes on Facebook. That we really <laughs> should have. <laughs> What's up, man? How's he funny. doing? I love We've got that two minutes feature. left, guys. All right. Well, cool. So everybody needs to know, uh, once again, go to The Cult of Copy. Just type that into Facebook, and you'll see the group if you're interested in copywriting. And um, staying close to Colin, which I would highly recommend if you've been listening on this show uh, to this point, you know that he's somebody that you might want to hang out with. Because if he can just drop a couple of things like he did, he's probably got a couple more in his pocket. So I'm definitely going to follow you a lot more closely. I'll also mention the uh, the YouTube channel for anyone who wants to watch videos. Uh, it's just youtube.com slash cult of copy. That's where we're currently putting all the new live episodes when we do them. And we have, I think, 30 episodes already in there. 
hour long each. So if you love the melodious sound of my voice and just can't get enough of it and want to hear me for 30 more hours talking about the same kind of thing, you can go there and also look at my beautiful bearded face at the same time. So it's a win-win. Nice. Reverend Dr. Sir Colin D. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, I'm subscribing. I feel like I'm really getting hooked up here today. I hope everybody else does uh, feel the same way. If you're listening to the recording or you're listening right now, um, this is really cool. And we just totally got lucky. We can take very little credit for it other than Jan went out and got us a really awesome guest that we needed to talk to today. So thank you so much for being here. And uh, everybody, follow Colin around. He's got some good stuff. <laughs> well, thank Thanks, you, guys. I'm Colin. really uh, glad to be anything- here. If there's anything we can do to help you, just let us know. We are totally game for just about anything, aren't we, Jack? Absolutely. Well, awesome, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I'm glad you guys uh, liked the stuff I had to share. And uh, anytime uh, you want to chat more, just hit me up. You know how to get in touch. We will. Thank you again. And join us again next week, everyone, for another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. Have a great week, everybody. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success.